1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions
2: apply.
0: Good evening and welcome to the TTM podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you from Froom in Somerset in the United Kingdom. We're available on all major social media platforms such as Facebook. We're available on Instagram, Twitter. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're also available on Anchor. We are all brought together today for one love, one love of boxing. We're here to discuss a whole range of things on today's podcasts, from the AJ Fury situation to the current heavyweight scene in general. We've got a little bit of fact or fiction, a game that we bring to you on TTM every single podcast. I am James Harrison. We have James Hansel. Welcome, James. You okay?
1: Yeah, fine. Yeah. Brilliant. Exactly. Good to
0: have you in here. Fantastic. And Dave Hancock. Dave, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. Fantastic. Great to see you. Dave has his own YouTube channel called I Am Average Dave. Dave, do you want to tell us a little bit about that YouTube channel?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. I basically do a YouTube channel on a stay of issues that are going on in today's society. Um, there's nothing I won't touch on and just things that, Annoy me or things that seem slightly absurd in today's day and age.
0: We love that, and judging by some of the views that we've seen on your YouTube channel, some over twenty-one and a half thousand. I think it's absolutely right that we get you onto a platform such as the size of this one, and what it's going to be. Your your opinions are absolutely, I think, incredible to listen to, and our viewers, you're going to get that, and our listeners, you're going to get that during this podcast. So, if we give you a quick schedule of what we're going to go through this evening. Uh, we're going to be going through the fact or fiction, which is six questions to our panelists to go head to head to see whether a range of statements from myself are indeed fact or fiction. They're all related to boxing, and I think you'll find them incredibly enjoyable as much as we will hear. We talk about the Dillian White situation and the way back home after last week's devastating knockout uh, at Matroom Square Gardens, which I'm sure you'll agree was quite a shocker, wasn't it, really?
1: Yeah, I never saw that one
0: coming, if I'm honest. No, I, I, I don't think, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I I, I still don't think I'd see it coming if I was watching the fight. It no. was incredible. From there, we discussed Deontay Wilder, a man in the wilderness at the moment after his, uh, I would say, brutal dissecting at the hands of Tyson Fury. Um, and let's let's be brutally honest, that's a really good subject for us to talk about and something that is not being talked about. And, and should be maybe spoken about more because there is a third man potentially in this heavyweight picture that seems to be erased overnight. We also talk about Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury. What well, our opinion is and what we believe will play out. Also a two fight deal potentially agreed for the summer of 2021. Without further ado, um, James, we come to you. What were your first ever memories and thoughts of boxing as a as a child?
1: So, my very earliest memories of boxing was, as a child, seeing Prince Nazim Hamed. So, obviously, as a child, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Prince Nazim Hamed, his entrances, his, his whole demeanour, the front flip into the ring.
0: He's the man who made the entrance what it is today. Come out on a magic carpet so. in Madison I Square so. Garden to fight Kevin and at Kelly.
1: This, at this particular time... In, in my youth, I was very much into wrestling. as I still am now, to be fair. So, there's just the razzmatazz, the, the glitz, the glamour. You know, this guy's coming out, he's on a magic carpet. Absolutely. He's doing a front flip into the ring. The tassels, the leopard print trunks. The it's Adidas quite, sponsorship, iconic. you know, um, even
0: to me as a youngster, thinking it's not ever last. I like, go, this guy's sponsored by Adidas, you know, it's yeah, pretty he, cool. Yeah, the you know?
1: Adidas trunks. I used to love Nazim Hamed. And he would get in there and he would knock, knock guys out. And it... For me, as a child, I thought this guy's the man. He's the man.
0: Brilliant, fantastic. I'd be you know, inclined to agree with you on that one as well. Nassim Hamid we can talk about for hours and hours. I mean, if I'm brutally honest with you, my overwhelming thought of Prince Nassim Hamid um, would have been after about for the I believe it was the IBF title. Um he sat on the the, the ring at the end of the fight for his post match interview and Kevin Kelly Another uh, uh, American boxer makes his way over to Naz. And Naz tells him to his face, I'm going to knock you spark out. I'm going to go to your backyard and I'm going to knock you spark out. Not only did that play out, Kevin Kelly also says something really interesting to Nassim Hamid. While he sat down on the edge of the ring, he says, Naz, I'm going to smoke you to your boots. In that fight when Nasim Hamid, for the first round or two, I thought, my goodness, he's, he's in a lot of trouble here. He looked awful. It looked absolutely awful. And Nas, Nas has come out. If you ever get the chance to go on to Sky Sports Gold and look at the live stories of the boxers, he sits down with the Sky Sports presenter and he clearly states, when Kevin Kelly hit me, I was smoked to my boots. Um, Nasim Hamid, I think
1: what does, that,
0: what does that even mean? Smoked to my boots. Uh, just ask Amir Khan. I think he can let <laughs> you know what that means. I think uh, uh, he knows what it's like to get hit. Not taking anything away from Amir Khan, absolute british legend but let's be brutally honest when he was hit on that chin it, it it didn't look good for me before we get to yourself david i mean my my overwhelming memories when i was younger i um, was my my father used to follow boxing religiously um he was a big lennox lewis fan um massive nigel Benn fan but i was the other side i i liked chris eubank i absolutely loved chris I eubank, love chris eubank. I always remember we had a downstairs toilet in the house, and there was always a copy of The Sun in there every day. Obviously, the dad would be in there reading it, and then I'd get my go. On the back page, there was a picture of Chris Eubank, and he had those gold yellow shorts on, sponsored by Sky Sports on the front, and The Sun newspaper on the back, in this perfect waxed up pose. And I could just imagine the words coming out of his mouth now Would you like a sweetie? you know as as he talks i think he's absolutely he's so funny what so i like funny. what
1: i like about eubank yeah so obviously when he came over to the uk because he obviously he came over from new york so he was That's actually right. early early part of his career he was training and boxing in the in the bronx in new york which i can imagine was quite a rough scene back and i think mike tyson's from that
0: isn't that where the Gleason's gym is? And I think that's a world-renowned quite gym possibly, in America.
1: Quite yeah. So he came over to the UK. He actually approached, initially, Frank Warren. Now, he <laughs> wanted to come and fight with Frank Warren, and, and he wanted, oh, I want the salary. I want you to fight. get me a flat. I want this. I want that. And Frank Warren basically told him, fuck off. Mm. You know, who's this guy? Coming over it. And then, obviously, you get Barry Hearn. Barry Hearn rubbing his hands and thinks, yeah, I'll have a bit of this guy. So... What Barry Hearn did, and obviously the wrestling fan of me loves this. He wanted to bring uh, Chris Eubank across and go. All right, I'm going to paint him as a bad guy. This guy, he come across. He's an You know, he's an aristocrat.
0: He isn't really an aristocrat from where he's from. Well, he 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 portrays the image, and maybe after all it, these decades, he actually believes image. he is. But you talk to Nigel Ben. Nigel Ben will sit down when when Chris Eubank turns around and 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 says when they sign the fight together in the ITV studios with Jim Rosenthal, if you've ever when, seen when. that interview, when Nigel Benn turns around and he goes, well, you know, I just don't like him. I don't like him. And Jim Rosenthal asks them both the question, so is it hate? And Chris Eubank turns around and he goes, well, I, you know, yes, I, I genuinely do hate him. <laughs> it's uh, incredible as he as he arcs his body to the right-hand side to just show the shadow of his back to Nigel Ben in no uncertain terms a complete lack of respect for that fighter who was a, a class
1: act but they they fully built him so so barry hearn he built him up specifically to be somebody that everybody wanted to see beat and that comes so with the entrance music that tina turner simply <laughs> the best you know they want they wanted to portray him as this bad guy like a, like a Floyd Mayweather,
0: like Adrian Broner. But it happened to Broner, didn't it, David? Do you want to come in on this with Chris Eubank? What are, your, what are your initial thoughts on Chris Eubank?
2: I think when I was a child, you always remember the adverts for Chris Eubank. He was like the massive um, marketed man, wasn't he, for Sky Sports? When he
0: talked about the Turkey Twizzlers. He I don't talked remember about he talked about the
2: turkey I just know that him and Frank Bruno, <laughs> they were the, the top fighters. You remember when you were a kid? Yeah. And you had obviously Mike Tyson, but we we were sort of out that because we weren't American and the Americans are more uh Tyson than us. But Chris Schubach, I just I just think he was a, a, pers- a personality that was British boxing. And I think that's been a problem I think now we're starting to get characters again. Right. Whereas when we had characters like that, do you know I think British I think every country needs a character you need to build a character up yeah, definitely. love
0: it or hate it would you argue and say that character today could be potentially tyson fury
2: i would say but and i wouldn't say he was the the bad guy whereas now it's completely changed and he's a good guy mm. so it's you know, a bit when, of a when he term. goes over
0: and sees deontay wilder gets in the ring afterwards and says you know you're not fit to lace my boots you are bum city <laughs> absolutely brilliant i i, I love the guy to be honest i think he's a class act i have recently found myself turning from team aj to team fury yeah. you, you'll you find that a lot of people were team aj but the more i look at it the more i look to myself well is this just a massive promotion is this an incredibly brilliant promotional job by eddie hurt but AJ. All... with aj yeah absolutely
1: AJ's is a cash cow so for me I think everything that all their eggs in are in one basket when it right. comes to AJ. I'm amazed they I'm amazed they've taken the, the fury fight to be fair. I mean it's not official it, it's going to happen but I'm amazed they've done it. I, I thought they would, I thought they would duck him for a bit longer.
0: I think um, you know we'll we'll touch base on that later as well as we go through the podcast. We have got that section set aside, and there's more to it, like internal politics in mm-hmm. terms of the the media, in terms of the the rights and the zone and ESPN, Top Rank, Bob and There's a lot to talk about with that. So we've got obviously we've spoken uh, about Chris Eubank, we've spoken about Nas. What we haven't asked is our guest,
2: who on earth did you follow when you were younger? I think to be fair though you. I think most people, when you're young, you go through phases of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, I remember being in France at the time on holiday and uh, Frank Bruno had won the world title and he was like, he was kind of the poster boy for British boxing. Right. Do you know what I mean? You had you had your Prince Nassim. Prince Nassim wasn't really child friendly, although they, from what I gather, they promoted him massively in children's magazines. And that's how they built him up. I and didn't they had, know that. That's interesting right. to know. Well, I heard recently on a, on a similar podcast that basically where they wanted to promote him up and they used to put him in all the children's magazines. Right. Like Little articles with him. And they basically from what I gather is his first pay-per-view. Sky didn't even want him. So they did the whole event for free. I, think it, I believe it actually went on ITV. And his, his event was really late, like 11 o'clock. And he sparked the guy out. And from then, he became this... So I think you remember those personalities. Yeah, so, I agree with What I will say is most personalities as well, with all the issues that are going on in the world, Right. here in the UK, it doesn't matter what colour you are. Literally, all our boxes have, qual- have, been, have been... It goes without saying. I think it doesn't excited. matter whether you're green, purple, blue, yeah.
0: white, black, red. It doesn't matter if you're good enough and you're British. Yeah.
1: We will love you. It's yeah. as simple so, as that. Br- Br- British people love a hero. Absolutely. And I think we They do. will grab onto, mm. you know, particularly in boxing, where it's, you know, you're very much out there on your own. They will get behind you. I mean, even, you know, Amir Khan. People have gone over to America in in their thousands to support Amir Khan. No, I would say, I, in,
2: I mean, I don't know what America's like, but I would say definitely in the UK, there, boxing is a really diverse thing that brings everybody together and through the history there's all, most of our fighters are different races and you know, you say what you want but I just think that's a really special thing that most of our memories are not someone of our colour
0: You mean, someone... well, if if listeners are struggling to potentially follow I, I, I get what you're saying, you're saying that, that to be a British hero there could be, to be seen as a stereotype you know, you have to be white British male and the reality is reality is what you're saying is and i, and I agree with you it doesn't yeah. matter where you're from you from people of different heritage and different walks of life I around the world
1: transcends
0: it's bigger that, than you know, that
1: in, in a way yeah. yeah yeah i agree with
0: you there brilliant um so what we've done obviously so far on the pod is we've established who our early heroes were um our first forays into boxing maybe our parents followed a particular boxer and then in turn you would follow that boxer it's completely natural what i have got with me is the ipad A wealth of knowledge locked into this thing. Um, It's time for a segment now called Fact or Fiction. And in this segment, we will pit together James Hounsell versus David Hammer Hancock. We have six different questions. What you two have to do is to debate whether it's actually fact or fiction. And it's fun to get in with at home as well. If you're in the car driving to work right now, you can... Take a listen to this and see what you think. The very first one, is this fact or fiction? Are you ready, David? I'm ready. Are you ready, Mr. Hansel?
1: I'm always ready.
0: Fantastic. In 1949, a boxing match was held between a man and a bear. Is that fact or fiction?
2: I think that's true. Yeah. I don't know why. I've got a belief. I've heard this before. I know they've
1: definitely done man against giraffe. Uh, not giraffe. Jesus.
2: The human um,
0: race is kangaroo. frightening.
1: They've put gloves on kangaroos, haven't they?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you saw the memes with the guy when he was attacking his dog, and he went over and, and clogged him with a wonderful short right hook. Um, and man the kangaroo and, hopped man away. and bear? Man and bear, yeah. So a clue. Um, Potential death. I could the was, Could the bear have gloves and a muzzle on?
1: Was it in a ring?
0: I'll leave that open to the viewers and yourself
1: Was it sanctioned by any National boxing authority
0: Well surely you have to be human To have it sanctioned And secondly Did the
1: bear have a license Therefore Or would it go down As an unsanctioned
0: Exhibition you mean
1: Where did it take place
0: It took place in America
1: Okay well that opens it right up Whereabouts in America
0: I can't remember
2: False Okay. Fiction. It, it did happen because Americans would do anything.
0: I can tell you exactly what happened. Uh, there was a boxing match between a man and a bear. Um, it is 1-0 to David Hancock. Um, what happened is, is the bear, they managed to have uh, gloves specifically made for the bear to have on. They put the bear into a muzzle. The footage is on YouTube. I probably was as standard as you are listening to this. It happened. Who um, won? I'll tell you exactly who won. The bear won. <laughs> he didn't rip him from limb to limb. What happened was, was uh, the man got in and they, they traded jabs, which was incredible to see. I was thinking, is this CGI on steroids? But it's not, it's genuine. Uh, the man dropped the bear. The bear got up, uh, received a standard eight count from the referee. <laughs> um, and, and what proceeded to happen after that is the bear then walked back to, back to, back to the center of the ring from the neutral corner went in and proceeded to knock out the man. Um, he couldn't get up. He couldn't beat the 10 count. And the bear won. So after that first ever question on fact or fiction, which I think was a resounding success, it is 1-0 to David Hancock. Second, George Foreman. George Foreman. What do you know about George?
1: Lee mean fat-reducing grilling machine.
0: Incredible. George Foreman has made more money from selling his grills than he did in his entire boxing career. Now, let's just debate that.
2: I believe that's totally true.
0: Okay, so a couple of things that may throw you off. He was heavyweight champion of the world on two occasions, in the 70s, and also is the oldest heavyweight champion of all time in the mid-1990s, where he defeated Michael Mora for the IBF and WBC heavyweight titles. You have to think to yourself, and I thought this too, when you really think about it, how much money in promotional deals, in excess sponsorship, in TV rights through defending the belts, would you earn as a heavyweight champion of the world as opposed to selling a lean, mean, fat, grilling, fat-reducing machine?
1: Now, what you need to ask yourself in, in here as well, so how old was he when he won the world title? In...
0: He was in his 20s, and then I mean he was the uh, 44, or 45, so,
1: actually. So he's 45 years old. If he's made enough money through fighting... Bearing in mind he was fighting Muhammad Ali in what, the the, the early 80s? Lost the belts eventually to Joe Frazier.
0: Never got the other shot he needed.
1: Would he still need to be fighting into his 40s, mid-40s, in the 90s, if he had enough money?
0: Or is it a prestige thing?
1: Okay, he's probably a very proud man. However, I'm with David here. He's made more money from the grills.
2: I'll tell you you another very interesting fact. We've got time. The viewers have got time. Go for it. Years and years ago, before George Foreman had the grill, Hawk Hogan had his agent on the phone. He went out, didn't answer it, and there were two deals. There was a shaker and there was a, a grill. He got no. back to the phone and said, yeah, I'll have the grill. They said, no, sorry, George Foreman's got that, and he ended up having a shaker. The shaker sold a couple hundred units. George Foreman. Well, the grill is still in production
0: today, and there's actually one in my home.
1: And I'm uh, also a big fan of anything which uh, upsets Hulk Hogan. So it was not <laughs> a Hulk
2: Hogan grill.
0: <laughs> I was always a Razor Ramon fan with oh. his little cocktail stick out the corner Chico. of his mouth.
2: Hey, Chico. Exactly. Scott Hall.
0: Scott Razor Hall. Ramon. Um, back to fact or fiction. Um, I can... Solemnly declare that you get a point apiece for that. George Foreman has, in fact, made more money from his grills than his entire boxing career, which included two stints as the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, so, after two rounds of fact or fiction, is David Hancock with two and James Hansel with one? Here's a really interesting one, hot topic uh, boxing gloves. Boxing gloves are actually more dangerous than bare knuckle fighting. Fact or fiction?
1: There's a reason they wear gloves Absolutely Um, There's got to be a reason they wear gloves What are they, 10 ounce gloves?
0: You can get 8, 10 There was a lot of hoo-ha around If you remember recently with the McGregor and uh, Mayweather fight Where they they wanted a reduction in the ounceage of the gloves Which Which Mayweather granted, may I say It
1: would would have potentially worked in McGregor's favour a little bit
2: Maybe
1: I presume that was coming from his camp It's got to be safer to wear the gloves, isn't it?
2: I would say... um... It's actually true, because I'm pretty sure that the gloves are only purely there to protect your fist, because obviously if I punched such a such in the face several times, I'm going to break my hand. Yeah, yeah. that's why bare knuckle boxing... two compelling arguments to both. bare Bare knuckle boxing is pretty much over quick, or you start to learn to do different, but I'm pretty sure that a glove is more a punch. I would, me personally, would think if. So you're saying the gloves are to protect the the, the puncher's hand. Yeah. To protect actually, the, the aggressor respect. rather yeah. than the receiver. That's my, that's my opinion. I could be wrong, but.
0: Okay, I'm I'm quite happy to say that you are both on opposite sides, and this is what fact and fiction is all about. Yeah, it's I'm also, saying you know... I'm
1: saying the gloves are, are safer. Okay. The gloves are safer.
0: Okay. Um, boxing gloves are actually more dangerous. Than barnacle fighting. Um, after this round, David Hancock just slid his way into the DMs of the show, found himself in a chair, and three-one up in the inaugural fact or fiction. Um, incredible. The next one is a real, a real, real tricky one. Um, it does take a lot of thought into this. Sugar Ray Robinson. Anybody ever heard that name before? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Anybody heard the name Jimmy Doyle? No. Okay. Sugar Ray Robinson tried to back out of a fight against Jimmy Doyle because the night before, he dreamed he would kill them in the ring. He believed he would kill Jimmy Doyle in the ring. Fact or fiction?
1: For some reason, I feel like I've heard that before. Right, okay. So I'm going to say straight in and okay. say that it's bad.
0: Okay. What I can tell you both is that... Do you know what? I'm not going to say anything the year was the late 1940s
2: okay so yeah what do you what do you think uh i think it's true as well Uh, because sugar ray was uh back in his days he did a he did a lot of i don't know what you know what he did, but there was a a massive period of his life where he's massively was drugs alcohol i think he's quite a very very spiritual person okay yeah and uh I think it would be true. I, I don't know why. I just got a feeling from what I've heard of him and the interviews I've heard like recently. So obviously, he's still kicking around, still one of the yeah, greatest fighters of all time. No doubt. No doubt.
0: I will tell you that you're both correct. Okay, you get a point each with that. And I'll also elude on the story a little bit. A priest and a minister convinced him to fight, and um, it was true. He did try to back out. Because the night before he dreamed he, that he would, in fact, inflict uh, a devastating, ultimately, fatal blow to Jimmy Doyle, and he did. He knocked him out. Um, Jimmy Doyle was tragically killed by Sugar Ray. That's a true story. Um, he actually died? He? he actually died? Yeah, yeah. He went to hospital and he died. Yep. Yeah. And that that right there oh, is.
1: Cut
0: off. It, it's legitimately true. Research it on YouTube. There's no way i put myself out on a potential national podcast and lie on a fact or fiction uh, So he, dr-
1: he dreamt he was going to kill him. Fact. He knocked him out and he killed
0: fact. him. Fact. And also, it took a priest and a minister to convince him to fight. No murder charges, understandably, were oh, brought yeah. against Sugar Ray. Incredible.
2: What was this so- in Sugar Ray's career, do you know?
0: Um, it, I believe it was to the back end of Sugar it's Ray's career. But, but what I do urge you to do, and for all you people watching and all you people listening as well, is to why not take a look down onto the internet and do a bit of digging into that. I mean, doing the research for this fact or fiction segment took me to places, dark corners of boxing, uh, of the boxing world that I never believed were even true. And that there is an unbelievable um, piece of history right there and nostalgia for you to feast on. Um, okay. Okay so the penultimate fact or fiction question our scores at the moment is four to david hancock and two to james hansel you need a swing absolutely so one point will do to be the inaugural champion if you don't appear on the pod on the next one we'll have to make you a franchise or diamond champion uh therefore you get to uh, you know defend your title whenever you're back
2: this is just a poor man's way of trying to dodge a fight
0: absolutely um, what I will say is the former four-time super middleweight Carl Froch believes that the moon landings were faked and the Earth is flat. Fact or fiction? That's fact. Okay, cool. I'll say I know that's
1: fact.
2: Okay, and first in to Mr Hancock. I tell you what, not even knowing that's fact, I would have said that was fact. But I will tell you why, because Carl Froch is such a donut. And I'm pretty sure we all remember when he fought at Wembley in front of 50,000 people, like he tells everyone. He would believe that night,
1: I can tell you. Hey? It was more than 50,000. Was it more
2: than 50,000? I can tell you how many were there because we were there. there. How many was there? Yeah, we were there. It was was, 80,000. It was was 80,000.
0: We were there. He
2: quotes it so much. I'll I'll never forget that night. A couple
0: of things, three memories of, of that whole event stand by me. One of them was um, the bus there. We, we live in the southwest of England in the U.K. and we near a city called Bristol. And um, we got onto as part of the package for the tickets, you also got a discounted ticket through C tickets. Uh, you've got a discounted coach ticket. so they pick you up from Bristol, take you to Wembley, into the arena, and then they'll give you a lift back to the major yeah. city of Bristol. Can you ever remember that portaloo at the back of the, <laughs> at the back of the van? Someone had unloaded his, his life savings and extra deposits of shit. Yeah. And I could taste it. <laughs> Everybody listening surely has hairs on the inside of their nose.
1: Do you know what I remember? Yeah, mine were night? burnt off. The, what, what they I were gone. Remember from that night was when when Frotch made his entrance mm. and he walked across the front. Didn't he? So we were we were a bit effectively behind the goal, weren't we? We were
0: in front of the screen. Yeah,
1: so fantastic HDV. We quite views high or... up, to be fair. Yeah, and Frotch made his entrance. He walked across a little platform, and they did this sort of fire, didn't they? With pyrotechnics. The heat, unreal, and we could feel it all the way, all the way up in the gods we were.
0: If you didn't have a shave that night, and you want a cheap shave and get a two for one, get a boxing ticket to Wembley to catch a great fight. Get the seat behind the goals. When those flames go up, the embers on your nose, your face, everything <laughs> yes, gets a singe. The heat is incredible. So, so that that you know that was a first memory on the coach. A second memory was walking in right into the middle of an AJ fight when he was fighting Matt Leg. And I remember this, Matt Leg in the pre-match, uh, pre-fight build-up was going to come out and say, oh, I'm going to have a go on AJ, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do everything. And of course, he'd done nothing. Although we did give it a good go for, for the first 30 seconds. And AJ, I've it just lands an a curve. That was it, he was gone. And do you know what, what got me? is Most of the fighters in there that evening, we saw James DeGale uh, fight. Yeah, we saw Scott Quigg. Um, Luke Campbell. We saw Luke Campbell. And when AJ was in the ring, the thing that struck me is you could actually see the physique of the man from that distance yeah. away the other guys were just like stick you were turning around and probably for the main event as well you were turning around and actually watching the tv screen behind in wembley yeah. but, but the reason why we went is one we wanted to witness history because before aj before aj made it to big time boxing that, yeah, that, that was, was the, the pinnacle
1: fight, that was the fight
0: absolutely the fight. george Groves, carl Froch, too it was incredible when george Groves comes out on the london bus right next to us in fact wasn't yeah, it, it was, um yeah. It was brilliant. And also the last memory I had was in the interim before the before the main event, the DJ, the matchroom DJ, whoever this guy is, he, if you know who he is, tag him in the link of this video. He played some of the most incredible music I've ever listened to. And I've got a video on my phone, which I'll post separately in the comments below, of 80,000 people just dancing, just dancing. There was no fight on. It was in between fights. And the DJ had got the crowd hooked that much. Everyone was just dancing. Can you remember that? Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. dancing. Everywhere you look, people were just dancing, cutting loose. Great, great, great and night. What
1: I found weird that night as well was... Yeah. So we we were in there early doors, but we saw every single fight. Absolutely, yeah, them. yeah. The first fight all the way through to the end. The yeah. Little, the little lads that came out, because there was a few lockers. said so the little lads came They're out called
0: fillers. Between.
1: Yeah, those guys, they came out.
0: Martin but J. Ward lost his unbeaten there record there. There was probably true, I think. I
1: don't know, sixty percent of the of the seats were full. Yeah. Throughout the time we were there. And then as as uh it built up to the main event, then it was full. So what what blows my mind is that people are going to these events, what were our tickets? Hundred quid? Yeah, I think we're, they were cheap. People are buying tickets for that and they're watching one fight out of a four, five hour show. And that, that to me always sticks to it. me as so- I
0: just a bit how could you how could you spend that money but then again some people's financial situations are some worse than ours some, some incredibly are better in the, in, the,
1: in the big fights.
0: absolutely yeah some people are only interested in the big fights. you're absolutely right there um back to the fact or fiction Dave David Hancock's I can I, he's looking at me and I feel we can see into my soul um but <laughs> but what I will say is that you're both right. Um, Cole Froch does believe that the moon landings were faked and that the Earth is flat. Just,
1: just separately on that. Yeah. Other flat Earthers include uh, Freddie Flintoff. He believes the Earth is flat. That's correct. In
0: the uh, in the research for this particular fact or fiction segment, Freddie Flintoff was attached um, to the same Sun news article.
1: There's a few of them. Uh, there's. If you know who AJ Styles is. Of course. No. Okay. <laughs> yes, Somebody I do. I do he he is a flat Earther as well. Okay. Um. Myself also have been swayed towards it. I'm open to the idea of it. But it is a thing. And, and believe me, under the surface, there is a lot of flat earthers around. I'm not surprised to see somebody of the intelligence and knowledge of <laughs>
0: Carl I, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry right now, okay, to completely dispel a massive organisation such as NASA on a boxing podcast straight away to say that it's a flat earth I think it's let's, bonkers. let
1: park that one for another day.
0: Absolutely. What I will say that uh, in an interview with Jake Wood, uh, Carl did confirm that he believes the Earth is flat yeah. and uh, that NASA used CGI um, to fake the moon landings. Nineteen sixty nine CGI. Just putting that out there. What I will say. It has been quite fun doing this so far. And as we go to the last one, now this one's a, you, you really need to think about this one. It's going to sound so outlandish. I'm the champion now. You are a champion. You are a champion.
1: You just want to get this fat Dead rubber.
0: Is it a dead rubber? Because when you see the content of this last fact or fiction segment, it will amaze you. Stopped. When I read so this, I was is in it, shock. Is it, what
1: is it? Five, three? Yeah. Three points for the last one then.
0: Do you agree to that? This one isn't a straight yes or no. You think it will be a particular answer, well but I think you need to think harder. When I did the research on this, I was, all fun. Go for it, it. it all come together. Uh, Ricky Hatton, after the Costa Tzu fight in which he won his world title in one of the greatest ever evenings at uh, the City of Manchester Stadium or was it the MEN Arena? It's one the of the MEN two at the MEN. One of the greatest nights of British boxing history defeated Costa Tzu when he failed to emerge late in the fight. Instead of having an ice bath, he actually had a lemonade bath after the mammoth fight for its mineral properties in healing on the advice of his trainer. At the time, Billy Graham. I read this at first and I thought instantly, no. Then I read further. Um, what are your initial reactions to that?
1: Well, so instead of an ice bath yes. for recovery, yes. Was it what temperature was the lemonade?
0: It doesn't state what temperature the lemonade was, so it's an open question. All I can tell you is a lemonade bath I've never heard of before.
1: What sort of lemonade? Was it bog standard? Standard Schweppes. Schweppes? So we're not talking as the smart price 17p. No,
0: we're we're talking brand name, lemonade bath to aid his recovery because of its mineral values. Lemon. Is lemon commonly found in spas? Is lemon commonly used yeah, in beauty
1: would, treatments? You could use some standard ice water with a sprinkling of lemon segment in to get the same effect rather than lemonade, which is <laughs> flavors
0: What do you think, David? So um, what do you think? Do you think that Ricky, and this is Ricky Hatton, former world champion, Mayweather challenger, had a... A real, real life, a pod on his own could really, you could talk about. But Ricky. at the
1: same time, this is a guy that between fights ate kebabs every night, pints, however many pints on the reg. Mm. Do you really think he gives a fuck to the point where he's going to have a lemonade bath?
0: That's why when I read into it, I could sort of see everything but aligned. But the
1: fact that you read into it, maybe does that mean that it's true? God, David.
2: As crazy as it sounds. I kind of think it's proper true. I don't know why, mm. and I know he was a, a massive drinkhead. But I've heard like recent podcasts, and that I'm pretty sure up to that title fight, he wasn't. He literally didn't drink barely at all. It's only when he mass- he got his world title that he became a bit of a bit of a wild one. Well, of course, he had the WBU title. But no
0: disrespect to the uh, establishment of the WBU. It, it, the WBU. It's. Uh... Well, I think it's a non-title. I think the IBO creeps in and has a bit more credibility. Anthony oh, Joshua yeah. is a holder of the IBO, and so was Vladimir Klitschko and Lennox Lewis and Gennady Golovkin. So it does have some some credibility to it. Uh, you know, Chris ban Jr. obviously held the IBO uh, super middle. Um, so you're going to go with yes on this last one? Yeah, hole? I'm going to go with yes. You're going to go I with know, yes?
2: Really old, but I know he was very clean through the last yeah. year, and despite people he, he, in his, sorry, not last year, the first year's, and I know for a fact that he couldn't drink as much because he was, he was yeah, having literally yeah. like five fights a year because he had to keep banging him in. And um, I know that that fight in particular, is, well, that was like the biggest in his career, the biggest. And I think he's, he's actually said that was the m- best moment of his, of his life ever.
0: When you watch the fight back on Sky Sports Boxing Gold, to see the reaction of Ricky, to see the reaction of the crowd, it simply is one of the greatest nights of British boxing history. With someone of a pound for pound pedigree of Costa Zoo failing to come back out to fight, what do you think,
1: James? I mean, I agree it was a great fight. It was a real coming of age yep. moment for Ricky Hatton. It's just a shame he could never really follow it up at a real elite level. Right. Going back to the subject, the, the point of, of a lemonade bath. I thought go it was ridiculous because I want to win. Yes. So, and also, I mean, Schweppes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it sounds crazy. It's an expensive lemonade. But this is
1: a how many, life. How much, yeah. is a pot, how much is a bottle of Schweppes these days?
0: How much is it to a, to I mean, a, to a world boxing tracking?
1: Two quid at two litres ago. What size was the bath?
0: um it's a standard what well, you know the, it, I, I can't diverge too much into it because it would then give you the answer and right. in your predicament is losing saying, this I'm initial
1: saying, You need to, say, you need to fast. 100 litres. yes two liters of Schweppes is what about one pound <laughs> 20 i'm not even going to dream of doing the maths on that but no it's too expensive so i'm saying fiction
0: okay how many points are we both on
1: i'm on three three five
0: three Three points for this win, isn't it? Okay. What I can tell you is at work today, I was putting this fact or fiction together. It was actually quite difficult finding some of the research for this. I can also tell you that there is a winner by one point. Ricky Hatton, instead of having an ice bath, actually had a lemonade bath after the Man of Costa Chizu fight for its mineral properties and healing on the advice of trainer, is fiction.
1: I fucking knew it. Oh, <laughs> if you'd have told me it was smart price at seventeen p a bottle, I'd have gone, yeah, definitely. That is hundred percent true because nobody's spending all that money filling a bath of Schweppes lemonade. <laughs> oh, Just yeah. pack a bit of water a me. Put the ice in there, John. That. That's uh, the same now, thing. for
0: people listening to this podcast, I mean. <laughs> I feel so bad for you now, David Hancock. It was in the bag. He agreed to an additional clause to state that this became a three-pointer on the last question, and it's ruined it.
1: David, you know, that's what champions do in championship rounds. (laughs) When the chips are down, I've come off the canvas.
0: (laughs) He's going to be driving home in his Mercedes thinking to himself, and he has got a Mercedes. He's going to be thinking to himself, I cannot believe what on earth has just happened to me. It's a
1: collapse.
0: That brings an end to the... um,
1: And you've handed yep. the vacant title to me.
0: Exactly. So that brings an I end to the first ever TTM Podcasts Fact or Fiction. We hope you enjoyed that. Um, we're now going to kick on with our next section, which is the current heavyweight scene. I'm sure you'd all agree at the moment, um, if you were to rewind the clock to just before uh, Anthony Joshua lost to Ruiz, you would have clearly said, well, look, there's an out of Shape Tyson Fury. AJ is ruling the roost. Deontay Wilder is knocking out everything that moves. My goodness when he got his robe on the robe would fall to the floor because it was probably knocked out fast forward this time Tyson fury is now top of the tree he's king of the castle Anthony Joshua after suffering a shock defeat to Ruiz wins his belts back in Saudi Arabia with uh, I actually think he doesn't get enough credit for this I think he boxed the head off him because he that's I'll the only him. way to win that fight
1: Definitely
0: him. he's never been he's never been knocked out Ruiz has never been knocked out. He's only been on his arse once, and that was in New York to AJ, to a reckless AJ that went in for the finish. Um, I think he did very well to do it. So let's have a look at the current heavyweight scene. Um, We're going to kick off with Dillian White. Um, Last Saturday uh, at the Matchroom Fight Camp, which I think was a massive success, actually, may I add. I think that was a really, really good event put on by Eddie Hearn and the team at Matchroom uh, over a few weeks. Dillian White, absolutely bossing the fight against what looks like a somewhat old and haggard Povetkin out of absolutely nowhere gets dropped with one of the greatest uppercuts I've ever seen in my life. David Hancock, take it away. It was
2: literally like a a blink, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was watching it and I was like oh, is going alright, yeah. Povetkin's probably got another round in and this was round two and then all of a sudden... It's just happened.
0: Pervetkin, um we've seen him a lot on UK TV screens, uh, especially since the AJ undercard against Carlos Takam at the Millennium Stadium where he fought David
1: Price. Yeah, he knocked him out, didn't
0: he? Easily. Uh, but then
1: David Price to did be fair,
0: rock Price him. him. He did he rock him. him. Yeah, he did. He, him yeah, did. he rocked him to the point of uh, you were sat there thinking if David Price was to stick it on him, Pavetkin would have been in trouble. But then David Price does, thing is, if you it, know.
1: With that one, mm. he was quite close to the corner, wasn't he? Mm. So he went into the corner. You know, if he was in the middle of the ring, he might have gone down.
0: He would have went down. It would have been a 10-8. And what does what does that do for the mental uh, focus of, of I don't think it would have Alexander happened. To think that King. fight
1: was having, that fight was going to a knockout either way.
0: What happens from there is he gets the AJ fight. Yeah. a lot of people probably won't remember this, or people in inside boxing circles may remember this. That in the first round of that fight, can catches AJ. He does. He catches he catches him and AJ goes back onto his heels. I always distinctly remember that fight because AJ never had a haircut. Crazy as that sounds, that's he how never, I remember that fight. He
1: when he fought Ruiz too.
0: He didn't. And maybe when he's serious, he doesn't get that haircut. I think when he goes
1: into camp, I think getting that sick fades the last thing on his mind.
0: Absolutely. Um, he took care of business with Povetkin. We then seen him uh, get past Huey Fury uh, in a good fight. And then Michael Hunter in the Saudi card, on the undercard of AJ Ruiz too, Put onto the seat of his pants earlier in the fight. Looked awful uh, four or five rounds and then come back and did show that Russian determination and grit to come back and win that fight on points. Really subjective scoring. Then gets into the ring against Dillian White this past weekend. And I think he was made to look his age. And Dillian White had come in. He come in in shape. He come in with the jab. I'd never seen Dillian White with that quality of jab on show. It was really evident. And the prowess of that jab was really exceptional. It was really... He looked... That's the best I've ever seen dillian white look and then out of nowhere uppercut to,
2: i knew he's out as soon as he hit the floor but what will says i think dillian white was too focused on aj outside because there was so much talk he talked so much you
0: talk. mean in the media the
2: media section it yeah, was of already the, planning yeah. that because aj was going to be down yeah. in the secure area they were going to talk shit to each other and they were going to have some bickering and he was already focused on that whereas really you're not supposed to I mean, you two guys said it earlier, I never rated Amir Khan, I still don't. Amir Khan did it, talked shit, and then what did he do? Got knocked out, and all Amir Khan does now is basically go around and get knocked out, unless he's taken on like Joe Bloggs.
0: Or Phil LeGreco, you mean.
2: Yeah, and I just think Dillian was too worried about Fury. I mean, imagine if he had took on Fury. Like when he when Fury called him out, they were going to fight for the Diamond Belt. It was all talk, wasn't it? I think, I think um, he would have literally obliterated in Fury.
0: The bit that comes for me in this is, I think, do you know what Dillian? I think he was boxing really well, and and there is a, a segment to this. Can it not be just put down to one of them nights? I think he was just caught, cool. and I respect your opinion, and it's valued. Mm. But what I will say is, I personally think Alexander Povetkin just threw a shot from the gods. It lands flush on Dillian's chinny chin chin, and over he goes. I think uh, that's heavyweight
1: boxing. Absolutely, I mean, every single boxer in that division has got a puncher's chance. Absolutely, you right. know these are these are big men, and if they catch you, any man can go down. Mm. I think it's it's cause it's going to cause a real problem for the division now because Povetkin really is like the default jobber. You put him in there with somebody. I mean, for all, all intents and purposes, dealing White was supposed to go through him on Saturday and propel him to a position where he could probably fill the gap for AJ between. I mean,. Um, you mean there's a gap filler in the build up to the fights. undisputed
0: fight? I think, um, although maybe from the outside looking in, that could probably be perceived as an accurate statement. What you will say is that people very deep within the boxing circles, did articulate and speculate that Alexander Povetkin, even now at the age of 40, he's ever been knocked out twice to Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. He's a former w, uh, WBA heavyweight champion of the world. He is still a good fighter. However, I thought he was awful. He won the fight. You know, you say credit, but I think the rematch that's now been scheduled in for December is massive for Dillian White's career. If Dillian White goes in and gets the win, it propels him back to that mandatory position. Um, you, you do also feel sort of sorry for Alexander Povetkin, holding the WBC Diamond Belt yet can't get a shot um, because this wasn't this wasn't for him. This mandatory is all about Dillian White. It, it was the Dillian White story, a culmination of over a thousand days of being in the wilderness as mandatory challenger for Deontay Wilder. And I, and I think for me for Dillian White, I think he comes back in December and he gets the job done. Now, if Povetkin does the same again, that's I think that's a very very different conversation that we need to have a discussion about on the whole boxing fraternity needs to have a discussion about. But I can't see it happening.
1: I I just I just don't see how you can really. I mean, don't get me wrong, Povetkin. He's a he's a plucky. Do you think he's competitor. a good
0: Chisora a gatekeeper?
1: I, I don't I don't think he's a credible challenger to anyone. He's, he's fiver. He's a jobber. He's no disrespect to him, he he's going to get in the way. If he goes and knocks out Dillian White, he's just he's just it's just another obstacle, a spanner it's, in the works for yeah, the big exactly. one. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. He's a problem.
0: I, I thought initially with the uh, the first the first people I thought of when Dillian White got knocked out was Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua because the fight two fight deal has been agreed and made official for the summer twenty twenty one. Terms have been agreed. I mean, the, the, just the, the logistical aspect of that fight is huge. You've got the American promoters, ESPN and top rank on the side of Tyson Fury. You've got Matchroom USA in DeZone, Eddie Hearn on the side of Anthony Joshua. Then, even at home, on our own soil in this country, you've got Sky Sports and Matchroom Boxing on the side of Anthony Joshua. And on the side of Tyson Fury, you've got Frank Warren, and you also have BT Sports. So that's still, I believe, some obstacles that can be overcome. If you can make Lewis and Tyson with a, uh, a crossbreed of HBO and Showtime boxing, the same for Mayweather Pacquiao, then it can be done. I yeah, think, I think um, it was
1: easier in those times because you didn't have the streaming services
0: involved. Well, that's what DAZN is, and, and that causes a problem. Yeah, exactly. that, that could be a pod in itself. I think the contract with Eddie Hearn and Matt and Sky does indeed run out in the next couple of years which will then open the door to DAZN. DAZN is massive. We, we don't really see it this much in this country because it's Sky Sports and BT dominated. If you go to America, instead of paying $89 for a pay-per-view event to watch Canelo, you get DAZN. Around $10 to $15 a month, you get every single fight made you know for you, available and free. And I think that's the next step. It's big in it's Germany. G- it's big in Italy. It's big in Spain, but not in the UK because yeah. of the monopoly on the sporting world yeah, through no, Sky, Sky. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Exactly the same thing with the, uh, you know, with with the Premier League as well. In a way, sport, particularly boxing, in in the UK is is really handicapped by the monopoly that Sky have got on it. With regards to um, AJ AJ against Fury now, you're not looking at a it's a it's a British super fight. We'll move on to guys. it now. Yeah, we'll move on to Sky, but it, it it's become global now. So you're looking at the unification of the world heavyweight undisputed championship.
0: We'll break it down now really quick for you before obviously we, we bring David back in for his opinion on that fight. The WBO belt, the IBO belt, the WBA belt, the IBF belt, and the WBC belt also chucked in for good measure is the Linear Heavyweight Championship of the World and the Ring Magazine Heavyweight Championship of the World. Two British boxers going at it. For the first time in history, four or more belts used in an undisputed title fight I believe is quite simply the biggest heavyweight fight of all time for me if this fight isn't held in the UK I think it's an absolute travesty I think it's an absolute disgrace to boxing there's a kind of argument to go to America because if you don't fight in America and win big in America then technically you haven't made it in the spiritual mecca of boxing but for me um, the fight needs to be quite simply held in England and at and Wembley Stadium, and maybe at yeah, very for worst. Me,
1: it needs to be Wembley Stadium, 90,000 people, or, Saturday or night, Millennium. Sky Box Office, if you want. You know, that is that is British boxing.
0: You've me. just you've just let one go there. You say Sky Sports Box Office. I agree with you. But 50% of this contractual deal that needs to take place involves BT Sport.
1: Now, you say that, but BT Sport heavily in bed with obviously Frank Warren Queensberry. Now, Queensberry have actually relinquished quite a lot of control of. Tyson Fury now.
0: Is he more with Bob Arum and uh, top he, rank?
1: He's, he's more top rank now than he was. So I think that will probably be smoothed out fairly quickly. you know You'll see this fight on Skyboxes. There's no way you're seeing this fight on BT Sport boxing.
0: I think it will be um, potentially available on both um, at the same time. There's the, they they the owe it to the British sport. boxing fans. For any of you that may be involved in this potential promotional thing, I can quite clearly say with confidence on behalf of all of boxing fans, not just in the UK, but around the world, they need to come together and to make this fight happen. Because if it doesn't happen, I don't think it's ever going to happen. We need to have a undisputed heavyweight champion for the first time since Lana Lewis. Or you could argue, you know, Klitschka you have unified champion. No, Klitschko didn't, because Vitali had the WBC yeah. and Vladimir had the rest. And it's the same now. The WBC seems to be the pawn that the WBA, WBO and IBO and IBF simply can't unify with. It seems to be a, 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 a square peg in a round hole. But now we have an opportunity and hopefully a willingness on both sides with the revelation that this deal is potentially pre-signed to make our way in. David, what's your thoughts on um, how we think this fight breaks down?
2: I think, I think it will definitely happen in the UK. I don't think, despite what you said, I don't think it's the biggest heavyweight championship of all time. Okay. I'll tell you why, because there's no American involved. And I think you'll find that if you go through history, back ages ago when Klitschko was the champion. What,
0: jab, jab, grab, boring.
2: Yeah, boring. No one really cared about boxing. I didn't. I think it's Until now, David Hay tried to make an indent. And Wilder had it. Some people started to know about it. And I think now it's a British fight. It doesn't make it the biggest fight of all time. I think it does make it the biggest super fight, British super fight. Since Lennox Lewis and Frank Bruno at the Cardiff uh, Arms, I mean, we all kind of knew how that was going to go, but that was a fantastic fight, and I think it will. It's naive to say, but I really do believe that AJ hasn't got a hopes chance.
1: I agree with you, Dave. Fury is a superior
2: boxer, I think,
0: but is he, I he a superior brawler? Distance.
2: But I think Fury will. I don't will think he'll even go the distance. I, I I wouldn't have believed months ago. Well nearly a year ago now, isn't it? I wouldn't have believed, um, that he would have beat Wilder, the way he did, but he did, because he's got a chin, and he's, and, we talk about all these other, I know, you, I hear you guys talking about, all the heavyweights, oh, you know, punches, chance and all that, but I really do think, it comes down to pure skill, I think if you're a pure skill boxer, you don't lose, and I know there's not many, that have, Mayweather, yes, he's boring, but he was professional, He was clever with his footwork.
0: Klitschko lost more than once. Pardon? Klitschko lost more than once, and his defence was excellent as soon as he hooked up with Emmanuel Stewart. Lennox Lewis lost. Evander Holyfield lost. Mike Tyson lost.
2: Why did Mike Tyson lost? Because he got a bit too ahead of himself. Dylan White got a bit too ahead of himself. Got punched. Fury, he hasn't lost, has he? He's never lost in the ring. You have to give him credit. Who used to drink. Put loads of weight on, came back, and let's be honest, he only had the Wilder fight the first time because they thought, "Oh, this will do great for our record." Soft touch. He yeah. was the uh, he's the he's the unified champion. This is brilliant. You'll knock him out, brilliant Fury, because he had no names to himself. And now look, Wilder's disappeared. Well, I personally feel is. that
0: that that Shelly Finkel um, made a massive mistake there in the matchmaking for that. I think um, a, a Tyson Fury, grossly out of shape hadn't boxed for years went through a massive mental health issue and as as we know especially in men which isn't often talked about enough and should be maybe in particularly in these circles that men's mental health is a massive issue but for someone of that stature um to go through that i mean i always remember a story he's told when he was driving along the bridge at over 100 miles an hour and, and he'd had enough and he went to just you know lose control of his ferrari and slam it into the wall and he saw god and i mean you, you to come back from the depth of that moment, to come back, not only come back, come back with a new trainer, a young trainer unknown in Ben Davison, and come back and, and do extremely well. He actually outboxed Wilder in that fight. And for anybody that's listening to this and yeah, but Wilder dropped him twi- twice, that gives him an additional four points on the scorecards. You could have given him three rounds and seven knockdowns. You know, at the end of the day, there's only one person that won that first fight, fight and that was Tyson Fury. He absolutely dominated. And I don't think, you know, he nearly knocked him out at the end of the 12th yeah. when he got up from the depth
2: the of hell. Of ben Davidson, I don't think... I think Tyson Fury just needs someone to, to hold his hand a little bit. I think he trains himself. I think he's got that motivation, his dad, and I think he was from a young age boxed, and I think he's just... He's...
0: Well, it's in his blood, as he mentions, doesn't he? He quite clearly says that, that you know, he is a fighting man, and you, you, you have to give him credit. Okay, one thing I will say, which may not go down with you both, well... When Deontay Wilder hits you, 9.9 times out of 10, you are hurt and you will stay hurt. When Anthony Joshua hurts you, if, if you're not Andy Ruiz, you are, nine, in my opinion, you are desperately hurt. Now, when you look at the finishes of these people, if Wilder had had Ruiz hurt, I think the same thing could have happened to him. The difference between Wilder and Joshua is when Wilder hits you and you get hurt, he goes in with windmills. There's no rhythm, no routine, no professional etiquette. But in terms of Anthony Joshua, if he has you hurt, I think he tries to more methodically take you apart. He did have a lapse in concentration against Ruiz, in my opinion, and he was caught in the heavyweight ranks with a great check left hook. Incidentally, the same check left hook which hurt him from Dillian White. All those years ago before he challenged Charles Martin and dominated for the World Heavyweight Championship. What I think is, this is what I think, it's, it's literally, it's not three or four ways how this plays out. Number one, I think it would be a great fight and I think the promotion alone would be worth the ticket fee. I think it would be absolutely exceptional, the promotion between these two. I think Tyson tries to get under AJ's skin. I think it's going to go one or two ways and this is the way I'll break it down. I don't think a draw is possible. I think my heart tells me that Anthony Joshua cleanly knocks out Tyson Fury, just cleans him up, just completely goes in there and knocks him out. My head tells me that Tyson Fury comprehensively outboxes and ultimately embarrasses AJ through eight rounds and takes him out late. Um, And and really, really cements his legacy and position as number one heavyweight. But if Joshua is to win, I think it needs to be early. Um, uh, yes, he has gone 12 rounds, Anthony Joshua. And he has on a couple of occasions, and, and against Parker, who did box well. And and against Ruiz in a second fight, he did box well. He boxed off the back foot. He looked like a bloody welterweight, as far as I'm concerned. Hand down low. No, Anthony no, Joshua. However, however, he's got to go in slightly heavier, in my opinion. And I think he's got to go in there not to box with Tyson Fury. I think he needs to go in there to knock him out.
2: I don't think he can knock him out, though. No. I mean, I, we've I, seen I Wilder... But he I mean, knocked he out Klitschko. Fury
0: couldn't knock out Klitschko. Pardon? Fury couldn't knock out Klitschko. Joshua knocked out Klitschko. Different,
2: I think he was a much different... He was he was a massive ego back then. And he was a much... I think Fury was a very boring, boring fighter. He very much just was tried he? To outbox you.
0: When he um, fought the cab driver from the Republic of Ireland in an excellent fight, time. he he fought um, Steve Cunningham. He went over there, done a demolition job on the Cruiserweight, lit up. He absolutely lit up Madison Square Garden with his singing and his genuine antics of how he is. But he was—he did suffer a flash knockdown against Steve Cunningham, who's a Cruiserweight. If a mm. Cruiserweight can put you down, Anthony Joshua most certainly can, in my opinion. Wilder did put him down. What I will say is this. I think technically... Tyson Fury wins all day long, even though Anthony Joshua is an Olympic gold medalist and in the amateur ranks, it's all about point scoring, it's all about technique and ability. He hasn't had anywhere near the amateur experience that Tyson Fury's had. Um, I think I've been fair to both boxes in my appraisal of it. I think it literally goes Tyson Fury. If I was to put my mortgage on it, Tyson Fury just boxes him. He just boxes him
2: completely out of sight. On a random note, I will upset you both now. I think Andy Ruiz... Should have won the second fight. And I'll tell you why he didn't win it because he had been at the buffet and that sounds hilarious, but there was loads of reports coming in that he did not take that second fight. He He was the WBC wasn't in shape Yeah, He wasn't in shape. He had loads of money. He was getting a shed load of cash. And apparently from, and this is not even a, a, a Mickey take. He was at the buffet the night before drinking, eating. And I think if he had been in that chance the first time, I think we wouldn't even be talking about AJ now. And I know
0: that's a bit... It's a good opinion. And what I will say is that I think AJ made a mistake and he learned from that mistake. But we'll never know. What you will have to say is that Andy Ruiz lost a contentious points decision in New Zealand against Joseph Parker for the vacant WBA belt, which no one seems to mention. Also, as far as I'm concerned, he's never been down in his entire career before or since Anthony Joshua knocked him down. And let's get, the, you know, let's have it straight. Um, when you look at Anthony Joshua, when you compare Fury, Joshua and Wilder and you look at the caliber of opponents they fought, Anthony Joshua's last seven fights have all been world title fights. You can't say the same for Fury. You can't, well, you can say the same for Wilder now, actually. But then look at the caliber of those, those people he's fought. He's fought an over-the-hill Stiver. Didn't knock him. The only the only time he didn't knock anybody out was against Bemonte Stavern for the WBC title first time round. He beat Luis Ortiz, knocked him out twice behind on the scorecards. I know it's kind of irrelevant to say that, but he was he was behind on the scorecards. You look at Tyson Fury, he fought um, who was he fought? Tom Swatch, who? Uh, And to be fair, as far as I'm concerned, I I believe Anthony Joshua deserves a bit more credit than what he's received. In my opinion, Um, you've got to think he's fought Povetkin. Okay, Favekin's a very, very tough customer. He's fought numerous ex-world champions. He
1: fought, he fought Parker.
0: He's fought Joseph Parker, who was a reigning and defending undefeated WBO champion. He's beat and knocked out Vladimir Klitschko, knocked him down three times.
1: But to be fair, to be fair to um, Klitschko in that fight, he was winning that fight. He should have pulled the trigger
0: in the fifth. He should have pulled the trigger had to, in the, fifth. the,
1: trigger had to in the knock fifth. him out to win.
0: He should have put. Wally was ahead on the judges' scorecards. Anthony Joshua, at the end of this, I was quite surprised to see this was actually leading the judges' scorecards. If that would have went another round to the judges' scorecards, he would have won the fight. Klitschko that's a was fact. Ahead me. But that's your opinion. Yeah. But the judges at ringside state that AJ was winning the fight. I
2: will say though, um, I'm very obviously pro Fury. But back a couple of years ago, I was a massive AJ fan. I've got AJ's glove in my in my mm. living room signed. Mm. So I've gone from that. To now seeing that, in my opinion, Fury is just. I mentioned the at the beginning of the
0: podcast my my decision in regarding the two fighters. Correct I like them both, um, you know, but but what I will say is it is switching. I think um, just some of the things that AJ says and does. I don't think like it's him. I don't think it's really him. I think it's he's been brought to a level of fantastic promotional guidance from Eddie Hearn and Matchroom, and you have to take your hat off and give credit to. Look, what AJ's achieved with hardly any amateur background I think is sensational. I will always support him wherever he fights. Um, if he's abroad against an American, you want AJ to win. You want to knock him clean up. You do, of course. You do. You yeah. want him to win. But when it's against Tyson Fury and you have the story that he's come back from all the way through his life been ridiculed, one for being part of the gypsy community, which in my eyes doesn't deserve any you know what, why? Why would you give negligible uh, PR to a to a fighter from 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 the gypsy background? As far as I'm concerned, you're a human being and he's British, which I think is excellent. Um, I, I think Tyson Fury is a class act. I think he's turned his life around. I think he's widely accepted in many circles as the pound for pound best boxer out there, apart from Canelo. So I think, as as far as I'm concerned, we'll we'll begin to sort of wrap this up now on us three. It goes like this. I think um, AJ ultimately gets beat by Fury on points unless there's an unbelievable knockout. If it's a knockout, I think it's AJ.
1: For me, it can literally go either way. It, it, it's a 50-50 fight. My personal opinion, I think Fury outboxes him. Mm. I think it goes the distance. I think mean, we've seen that both fights can go the distance. No issues there. Very cagey initially. I feel the early rounds, you won't see... You're not going to see a lot of damage on each other early doors. I think a bit of a flurry towards the end. Possibly Joshua goes for the knockout. I think Fury will quite happily box him at range. Okay, so, so you've got a Fury victory? Me, I'd say Fury on point.
0: Okay, no problem. Okay, good. And 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 um, we're going to move straight across now to David Hancock.
2: How do you think this goes, David? I would agree with your opinion that I really do believe Fury will destroy him. He'll outbox him, and I think he potentially knocks him out, which seems completely... And AG's been only knocked out once, really, in his career, all bedazzled, as it were. But I think for it to be the best British super fight ever, he needs to get knocked out. And I think Fury wins. I wouldn't even bother with a rematch, um, personally, I, but obviously there is a rematch clause. I
0: think, as far as I'm concerned, so that's, that's two for, for Fury. Yeah. The world that we live in is crazy. You know that. I think Tyson Fury outboxes Anthony Joshua and wins on points. But I would love to see an AJ knockout in a rematch. <laughs> I think that that would be really good. As the British skeptic in me, I, I would like to see that. But I think what a wonderful end to Tyson Fury's story it would be if he was to capture those other four belts and be an undisputed heavyweight lineal
1: champion of the world. Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be a real, a real feel good moment. But I mean, the, the only issue with this fight is either way somebody's got to lose yeah they're both British heroes at the end of the day aren't they so it's almost like you want them both to to be the undisputed champion you you do either either way I don't have a preference either way I like them both individually
0: I think as far as I'm concerned we've discussed tonight some great topics and you know if I'm if I'm honest with you gentlemen I could go on and I could speak for another two hours on it what I will also say is where does this leave Deontay Wilder I think uh, as soon as Fury goes into that third fight, Deontay Wilder will be irrelevant in the heavyweight division. And it, and it wouldn't surprise me if Fury does then go on to beat AJ on points and then AJ and Wilder do get it on, a, on significantly reduced terms. I think it's been an absolute pleasure to have you both onto the TTM podcast today on the TTM Sports branch of the podcast. We've been in Froom in Somerset in the UK. We really, really hope you've enjoyed the podcast and we would really really value comments likes and subscriptions we've got the big football kickoff podcast coming in and if the if the reception to this podcast is any good and we'll go how we think it will do um, we'll gladly invite David Hancock back to talk about other things Uh, we'll leave the link to his YouTube channel in the description under our video on YouTube Um, we are available as you've quite clearly heard several times that we are available on YouTube as a visual podcast however if you are like me personally driving to work every day, we do have normal jobs too um, that we listen to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Anchor. Um, we're available on all of those podcasts. Just search TTM Pods. We invite you massively to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. We thank you for following us and have a great evening. And we're out.
1: Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty